Well, before we transition to just, I want to take a little 20-minute bath in the Word of God, the Word of God that you've just encouraged each other with. I want to just say, whatever you do, when we think about the nations, what God's doing, just don't take your cue from the U.S. as far as what's happening. God is moving on the earth. The U.S. is not the head, it's more in the tail. Now we're going to pray next week, especially during our as we celebrate our nation's independence and um, whatnot, we're going to pray for God's mercy. You know, God does have a, a redemptive plan for the U.S. And we're going to cry out for that plan to be manifest. It really is a, a crossroads time for our country. But please don't take your cue as far as, hey, how open are people or, or, or how real is the gospel? You know, our culture in the U.S. totally uh, minimizes the gospel. But let me tell you, on the earth, the gospel is bearing fruit. It is moving forward. Matthew twenty four fourteen is true. You know, this gospel will be preached and then to the ends of the earth and, and then or to all the nations and then the end will come. That's, that's, that's what's happening. And so we can be encouraged because God is moving on the earth. And he's moving here too. But, um, but sometimes I know for me, the unbelief struggle, you know, living in New England because um, uh, things are... Um, Actually, I don't even want to speak it. I don't want to speak unbelief. I just say, personally, I struggle with unbelief at times in New England. And we just want to keep pressing. It's why we do 10 days of prayer, because we believe that God's word will have its way in New England and in the U.S. as well. So, amen. Cool. Okay. 20-minute bath in the word of God. Everyone just say, let God in. And then we'll say, when struggling with sin, let God in. There we go. So let's get right to it. Turn with me to James 4, 1 to 12, and let's look at three ways that when we're struggling with sin, we can let God in. James paints an awesome picture for us. When struggling with sin, we can let God in. And here's three different little pictures. James 4, starting, let's look at 1 and 2. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. I'll just stop right there and say, okay, let's look at these two things. You know, James is uh, very much in touch with his Old Testament, and he's calling forth some of the commandments here, some of the Ten Commandments, as you kill and you covet, right? You kill and you covet. Well, Jesus came along, as we know, and he said, well, you know, I'm going to take it a step further. Killing might not be where you're at, but if you have hatred in your heart, if you've got contempt in your heart, then that's a problem. Then you're violating the spirit of the the commandment. And I think coveting, none of us has to look too far. We're all aware of the jealousies of our heart or our desire for things that other people have or that other people are. You kill and you covet. And like, what, and like Paul would say later, he'd unpackage it in Romans. He'd say, hey, it's funny. God says don't covet, and that's the very thing my heart wants to do. In fact, the law almost makes my sinfulness spring to life. So you kill and you covet. Well, when struggling with sin, James says we can let God in. So James is going to give us a picture. Well, how do we let God in? If I'm feeling contempt towards someone, or if I'm just really coveting uh, something, you know, I had, um, when I was in India, I had um, actually one of Elizabeth's co-workers took me on a motorcycle ride. Scary, no helmet, on the streets of Bangalore, going really fast with a lot of people who don't have any sense of lane discipline whatsoever. <laughs> they fit six motorized vehicles where usually there's two, and I'm not exaggerating there. Anyways, I really liked his Honda, 
And I was like, wow, it'd be awesome to have a motorcycle. I'd like a helmet too, but the motorcycle would be awesome. So these things start to stir up in me. You know, I don't know about you, but sometimes even just material things, I get stirred up. Well, what's the alternative that James gives us? Let's read on in 2B and following. He says this. He says, you don't have because you don't ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So right there, when struggling with sin, we can let God in. If you've got some contempt in your heart, if you're coveting, what's the way out? The way out is we say, God, come in here. You know, Lord, I really do want a motorcycle. What do you think about that? Even that little conversation diffuses what's going on in our soul. Or maybe you're feeling contempt for someone. You say, Lord, what's going on here? You know, what, why am I jealous of this person? Examine me, Lord. Let me in. And you just ask God, you know. God, I'm feeling contempt because actually that person has a quality that I want. I wish I was as, you fill in the blank, beautiful, bold, wealthy, you know, whatever. You fill in the blank and you say, God, you know, is, where are you in this? You know, examine my heart. I'm, I'm letting you in, God. And that's the, the, you know, one of the main ways that James says, hey, we can, we can let God in. <clears throat> Second one. Let's look at verse 4. You adulterous people. James is not a, a diplomatic man. He's a brash man. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think that Scripture says without reason that the spirit he caused to live in us envies intensely? Okay, so now the second kind of struggle you and I may have. Our, our, we are all taken at times by the seduction of the world, right? Whether it is sexual, you know, James calls you adulterous people. Or whether it's just worldliness, you know, we get seduced by it. We get seduced by it. And James is about to give us an alternative. For me, my little, my little, uh, I had a couple challenges here on the mission trip. I, I mentioned one with the Honda. The other was, um, you know, I, I was like, okay, God, this would be really cool if the Bruins win. But if I miss the victory parade, I'm going to be really sad. Because I remember the victory parade of the Red Sox in 2004. And uh, just being out there on the Charles River while the duck boats went by, that was just incredible. Actually, it was almost like, um, you know, apocalyptic in the sense that like all these people were gathered in Boston's Riverside. And I thought, wow, you know, Jesus, when you come again, it better be better than this. I think it will be, but this is pretty cool. It's like a picture of what's going to happen when God comes. So anyways, I, I really was like, wow, okay. And so as things unfolded, I think it must have been a Thursday morning, right? We, we, um, I remember jogging in the morning in Bangalore and thinking, the Stanley Cup Game 7 is being played right now, and I can't wait to get around John Shanahan, who has his texts from his sister, who's going to tell us what happened. And so we get together for our team time that morning, and sure enough, we found out the Bruins won. We were ecstatic, and then, of course, we grieved on Saturday. We know that, you know, this victory parade was going on. So... My point here is, hey, there's, there's things that can get me off focus from my purpose or my mission. And they're not bad. And so the issue is just, hey, letting God in there, right? When struggling with sin, we let God in. And uh, there's a little seduction there. And I'm just saying, God, come on in. And Lord, help me here. And let's see, how does James say it? What, is, what does he give as the alternative? Actually, before I go there, let me just say, because l- let's get behind it. It says, the scripture says, you know, do you think that the scripture says without reason that the spirit he caused to live in us 
envies intensely. And again, I think if I'm trying to follow James's thinking, he's just got the Ten Commandments in his background. And remember, it's, during, it's the second commandment. You know, we've got the first commandment, um, um, have no, no other gods before me. Then the second is, you shall not make for yourself an idol. And then it's in that commandment where, where uh, Moses unpacks because God's a jealous God. He's jealous for our affections. He's jealous for our affections. And James is kind of recalling this. And so, you know, as I'm having a little struggle or pity party about not being able to be at the Bruins Victory Parade, the issue that's going on is God wants all my affections, you know? Am I really going to be satisfied by watching people totally overpaid with a silver cup passing by in a duck boat? You know, I don't think it's going to really satisfy my soul completely, you know, as much as God does. What does James say? Let's look at verse 6 and onward. What's the alternative? How do we let God in when worldliness is our issue? But he gives us more grace. That is why the scripture says, as he quotes from Proverbs, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil. And again, the Bruins aren't the devil, but I'm just, let me flesh this out. And he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. You know, so if you're feeling the pull like I often do for media, you know, oh, if I just have this movie, I'll be fine. Gosh, that's your temptation when you're on a 10-hour flight from Bangalore to London. Your son's crying and you've got diarrhea in the plane and you're wondering, how are we going to do this? I just want to watch movies, you know? And I actually really felt the Holy Spirit speak to me. And I, I you know, there's a movie I thought, I want to watch that movie. And I really felt like the Holy Spirit said, don't watch that movie. And the issue, you know, it wasn't like it was an awful movie or anything, but the fact is God was speaking to me about just don't watch that movie. It's not going to build up your soul. I mean, that's where I live. You know, maybe these examples might sound a little mundane to you, but I'm just saying that's where I live when I'm feeling seduced by the world and when the issue is will I obey God and not just will I obey whatever, you know, everyone thinks else thinks is PG-13 or not, you know? Like, that's not my standard anymore. My standard's got to be what's the Holy Spirit speaking to me about my own neediness. So when we struggle with sin, we let God in. And, we, and I'm letting you in even right now in this conversation that I have with God, which is, God, why do I feel this draw? You know, what is the draw about? What am I after? What do I need right now? And how is it that you really want to meet that need? That's the conversation that goes on. And like James says, there's more grace. God gives grace to the humble. So part of the hum- humility process is, God, I just give you access right now to this place in my soul. Why, is, why do I want this? Come. And then there's a little supernatural grace that we get for our will. And we say, Lord, strengthen my will. You know, James just gives some straight out commands. At times, you just simply have to resist the devil and draw near to God. It's an act of your will. Lord, I resist this. And God, I just draw near to you in my heart right now. Help me. There's, there's a hurt or there's a pain that I'm wanting to soothe by this seductiveness, you know, by the world. When's the last time you've driven to New York City? have you noticed all the billboards coming to New York City all of a sudden they turn up the heat as far as like what is on them you know or Europe you know Heathrow they are Heathrow everything's a different notch up there because of what's acceptable in media and there's just this draw and you have to say Lord come in right now I you know my flesh is saying wow I should just do something really dumb but of course the spirit of God is saying that's dumb (laughs) so And again, James is not uh, the most diplomatic. He says this in 8b and on. He says, wash your hands, you sinners. Again, this is, how do I let God in? Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. 
Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. And although, although the language is strong, I just again want to frame it under this idea that when we're struggling with sin, we let God in. We humble ourselves and say, God, come into this process. Come into my heart. Come into what is being tempted and drawn right now. Show me what's going on. And not only just show me what's going on, but then strengthen my will. Because sometimes we can have all the knowledge in the world. You know, I, I know myself pretty well. I can parse myself psychologically fairly well. But there's a point where even that just isn't helpful. I just need to choose well. And that's where I need strength in my will. Do you know what I'm saying? So when struggling with sin, we let God in. If we're struggling with contempt and covetousness, we let God in. If we struggle with, uh, you know, we're just being kind of seduced sexually or just by the world and just all the stuff that the world brings, we let God in. And lastly, we let him in this way. Or the third kind of way we may struggle. 11. It says this, Brothers, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. So James is reasoning here. You know, hey, we can't, we can't, when you're about to talk badly about someone, you are in essence putting yourself above the law, saying, hey, I have a right to talk badly about someone because, you know, you fill in the blank. Well, because I know the truth about him or I know he's really wrong, so it gives me license to do it. But James says, hey, you know, you're not above the law. The law is really clear. We are not to speak poorly of one another. So for me, you know, the temptation comes with some of our leaders, our political leaders. And I just want to, sometimes in conversation, I just want to let out all my bitterness and anger. And I have to restrain myself and say, well, the choice, I mean, as, as we often say around here, you've got the choice, you're going to rise up in pride and judgment or you're going to fall down on your knees. I say, God, help me to fall down on my knees and pray for that leader. Let me pray for the president. Let me pray for the governor. Let me pray for these guys when everything inside me is irritated with their choices and decisions. Right? Because who am I? God will judge not me, and God's going to be the best judge, and he's going to give mercy because he's a merciful God, and he's going to give mercy, and I'm not to be the judge. God is. And that's where he asks us to go. That's where James says, when we're struggling with that, when you want to nail someone verbally, you, know, you just want to let someone have it, when you want to slander someone, or you know, it just feels good, you're, you're with a friend, and you like, just want to talk badly about that other person over there, and you can do it because you're not with them, you know, you're, you're not face-to-face, so you feel like there's liberty to do it. James comes in and says, hey, there's an alternative here. And the alternative is this, verse 12. There is one lawgiver and judge, the one who's able to save and destroy. The same one who's able to save and destroy you is the one who's able to save and destroy the other that you're about to slander. And so James asked the rhetorical question, but you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Now in this one, James doesn't give us the way out, but I think I've just given it to you. You know, the way out is, instead of rising up in pride and judgment, we get on our knees and say, Lord, have mercy on them. Lord, have mercy. So everyone say, let God in. When struggling with sin, let God in. Say that. When struggling with sin, let God in. Amen.